My name is Chris Cherry. I used to be a spy. My name is Brie Castellini. I used to be a person without hobbies. And this is Burn Noticed, a weekly rewatch of the USA television masterpiece Burn Notice about Michael Weston, a spy. Throughout this podcast, we will be rating each episode on whether it is A, an episode of television, B, a great episode of television, or C, a great episode of Burn Notice. If you want to know what complicated calculations go into these ratings, wait until the end, where we'll explain them. Also, if you or anyone you know knows Jeffrey Donovan or anyone vaguely related to Burn Notice, please get in touch. You can send us questions, suggestions, compliments, and no criticism of any kind at burnnoticepodcast at gmail.com or to our Twitter at burnnoticepod. And bullshit, you have hobbies. Wait, what what are you talking? I mean, you play D&D. That's true, but I... I guess that's a hobby. I don't know. It's been one hundred percent a hobby. Like the ba- the past couple of years, though, like I really have not made time for it. Like I was either watching television or I was at work or working on. It's something. interesting that like <laughs> watching television isn't a hobby. I don't I think it is for me because, like, first of all, I'm not doing anything, and I feel like. Part of uh, like the nature of a hobby is you have to be doing it's something, active, but, not yeah. spe- but not specifically for like a professional okay. reason. And like at this point in my career, like it is impossible for me to watch media without taking something away from it. You know, right. like I, I can't passively watch television. I just yeah. can't like and yeah, D&D. Yes. But like we don't do that that often. It might look like we do it often because I post pictures about it. But like for the most part, like that's one day every couple of months, like for oh, the past yeah, couple of years, especially I, you know, I have two podcasts. I have five jobs. Like I just, I work so much that especially like last year, 2020, oh my God, I basically did nothing but work. I worked or I slept. That was it. Since 2020, since 2021 started, since moving away from New York, I have made like a very conscious effort of trying to have days where I don't do any work. Like, not even, mm-hmm. like, I'll just work in the morning and then have a time off. Like, and I've also made a conscious effort of, like, recultivating things that I like to do that aren't, like, professionally productive. Like, I've gotten back into painting, which I Ooh. really, really enjoy doing. I recently learned a technique to do trees that I like. I It's so cool. Like, my trees look so good now. Like, they're not perfect. Like, it's still a work in progress. Are you but making like, happy little trees? I'm making happy little trees, Chris. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, well, I want to see fun. some of your paintings. Not right yeah, now, because we're recording a podcast, but in the future. Listen, I I think I might have painted a little bit during a previous podcast episode. But like, yeah, it's like the stuff like that where it's, I'm not going to get paid to do that. I'm not, you know, a brilliant artiste, but it makes mm-hmm. me happy and I yeah. enjoy doing it. And it gives me, you know, it's, it's a time where I can just be a person who enjoys things and not like a person yeah. trying to position every moment of my life to like get me to the next score line, you know, like I'm, it's, it's not about ambition. It's just about like living in the moment. And right. I've tried to like listen to podcasts less while I do it. Like I'm just there to paint and, you know, talk to Quinn if he's there or just like enjoy the sounds of whatever's going on around me. And it's been really lovely. That does sound really nice. I think about painting sometimes because I had to paint that one time for Sam and Pat. Oh, and yeah. Made me, and I loved it so much. I had such a, for some reason, I really enjoyed painting that episode because I famously hate fun. doing props. Yeah, you hate, you hate, uh, what was it called? Um, business. Multitasking? You hate, like, state, you hate, well, you hate multitasking, but like specifically when you're acting and doing stuff, it's called like business, right? Like stage business. Yeah, I'm really bad at business. Like, 
especially like if the business has to look relatively realistic. I can't. It's I'm... Oh my god. She has this whole fucking thing. We had an episode where she had to make like a bad sort of ransom letter looking thing. But yeah. Like, real it didn't it didn't have to be anything but just random things glued to a piece of paper and she was so stressed out. We had like a like a it fight was like... on set. <laughs> To be fair, at the end of the episode, it was going to be on screen. Like, it was like... Right, but the point was was the nonsense. It was the, like, period of the episode. It had to look good. It didn't have to look good. The whole point was that it was supposed to look insane. And it did, and you did a great job. It had to look insane. There's still art that goes into that. Anything that you're putting on screen, like, that much in your thing, you, like, it has to look right. I'm not gonna like half-ass that shit. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So see, this is this is a taste of what the fight was about. But yeah. we were on set trying to like finish this show that we didn't have a lot of time to produce. I'm just saying, in some ways, it's, it's insane much better than that I was expected to do it. Frankly. Oh my gosh! Well, we changed it for the next season. So I wrote it with you in mind, you and your sensitive disposition, who can only do one thing at a time and barely. Although our plans for season that, like, three there was have a not lot a prepared, more stuff. It's wild. There was not a prepared prop. I would have well, prepared I the have prop. Time. I didn't. We we made the thing in a month. It was a very fast turnaround. It was. Anyway, I'm not saying that I would have prepared the prop. That was. On my fault, I should have prepared this. This, was, this okay. started as a lovely, like, bonding moment where we were both like, we like painting. Hey, maybe when exactly. I come to L.A., we can, like, have little painting days. Oh, that would be so much fun. That would be fun. You know what else is fun? What's that? This episode of Burn Notice. I unironically agree. Which episode All was right. it, Chris? You usually agree with me ironically. Yeah, usually I, I'm very sarcastic and yeah. caustic. I have a tone problem, I've been told. <laughs> Yeah, you do. So this episode, season five, episode 18, Failsafe, aired on December 15th, 2011. It's written by Big Daddy Nix and directed by Rennie Harlan. Who's Rennie Harlan? Have we seen this um, person before? We talked about him. He directed an episode like a couple episodes ago. He's like uh. a famous action director. Uh, He's like well, probably the biggest, the biggest name that has directed an episode of Burn Notice up to this point. Like, I uh-huh. recognize him. Die mad about it, Jonathan Frakes. You I mean, fraud. like, Jonathan Frakes is, like, Jonathan Frakes doesn't direct a movie unless it's a Star Trek movie or it's Clockstoppers. Oh, my God. Jonathan Frakes directed Clockstoppers? Shit. I can't make fun of him anymore. That was a great movie. Oh, my God. I love that movie as a kid. I had, like, the poster on my wall because I, I think I subscribed to one of the, like, Nickelodeon or Disney magazines or whatever. And sometimes they would have, like, center pieces, like, centerfolds. But instead of a naked lady, it was, like, a poster from a recent, like, movie like that. Uh-huh. And I had the Clockstoppers poster on my wall. God damn yeah. it. He always finds a way back. He's freakishly good at it. Oh, Ay. my. I... Anyway, so the premise of this episode, according to IMDb, is when Anson demands that Michael burn the CIA team he's working with, Fee decides she's had enough and takes a drastic step to settle Michael's debt to Anson once and for all. Kind of a spoilery recap. Right. It's super spoilery. Like, I feel like that's not what you lead with. No, it's, it's not. It's accurate. But that's, yeah, that's that's quite the swing in the logline. I know. This is why I try really hard not to read them beforehand. Mm-hmm. I think I did, like, and I, I think I did read this one. And I was like, oh. And like, Interesting. Because a lot of this stuff winds up being twists, I was, like, watching the episode being like, wait, when's all that stuff going to happen that was in the, mm-hmm. in the episode description? 
Yeah, this episode, I I mean, we'll we'll get to it in the weeds, but like I expected it to go a very different way. I expected it to be a lot neater than it was. And I'm actually genuinely impressed with how this episode oh, wow. built. I really enjoyed it. Okay, cool. Well, let's talk about it in the weeds. Let's do it. Burn Notice's dad is going to hate hate this because there's weeds. <laughs> oh, Frank Weston. Frank Weston oh. can also die mad about it. Wait, die. really quickly. And, yeah. <laughs> so in my apparent like new thing where I just shit talk Jonathan Franks on this podcast. Have you, you've seen the new Bo Burnham special, right? Yes, I have. So my favorite song is the Jeff Bezos song. I don't know why, but it is the funniest thing that I've ever it's heard. It's really funny. And like <laughs> drink the way that wives, he keeps bringing it back. Drink, drink their blood, fuck their wives. Come on, Jeff, do it. <laughs> like, it's so funny, but like, it's, it's so funny. And it's then, like of course, the like, but the way that also he kind because he brings it back once or twice. And like, twice. Or twice. once, I guess. He, he brings it back songs, once. But he brings it back once. There's a reprise of it. Yeah, it's just it's really, just, if y'all haven't watched that, go watch it. Yeah, Bur- Bo Burnham Inside. It's a, his new Netflix special. It's written, devastating. Written, edited by himself. Yeah, it's honestly, so I've been listening to the soundtrack this week and the stuff that Chris knows that we talked about off mic. Uh, this has not been helping. It's maybe not the main mindset I need to be in. Oh, no. Here's the thing. But I, I feel like Socko. Every time I listen to that song, I get even angrier. I loved it. I watched it. I think it's amazing. I don't know if I'm going to watch it again. I've already watched it twice. No, like, I think I know a lot of people who are really into it and, like, watched it a lot. I watched it. I was like, ooh, that's a lot. I don't know if I could do this again anytime soon. There's something about Bo Burnham, because I kind of feel the same way about 8th grade. I never want to watch 8th oh, grade I again. I think it's amazing. It's too much. And I kind of it's feel the same way. To watch. There's, yeah. like, something about the way that Bo Burnham creates discomfort that feels mm-hmm. so, just, like, genuine and, like, It's unpleasant. so visceral. And visceral, but in a good mm-hmm. artistic way. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, it's very, very good. Yeah, it's just, it hit me at the exact right time. My my oh favorite my line, other than just him singing about Jeffrey Bezos in a really, like, you know, EDM, upbeat style where he's telling him to drink the blood and fuck the wives of the other rich billionaires who aren't as rich as him. My other favorite line is from the Socko song, and it's, um, why do all you rich fucking white people insist on seeing every sociopolitical uh, issue through the myopic lens of your own self-actualization? Like, that just, that line went straight to the fucking heart of it, and I was like, holy shit, yes. Mm -hmm. Fuck white people. So, Michael decides... He's going to act uncharacteristically impulsively and immediately confront Anson about his plans to rebuild the organization. So he just jumps Anson in a parking garage while Fee sets up a sniper rifle on Anson and confronts him. But Anson just says, you know, his organization is no different from the CIA or any covert ops U.S. organization. It's all bad. And after all, I burned you and that made your life better because, like, now you talk to your mom again, and you're with Fee. And, like, it seems like I did you a favor. Also, I killed your dad for you. Just saying. And then, but he points out, like, I gave you all those things, and if you try to take me down, you will lose all of those things. It's a great fucking point on all levels. Like, yeah, yeah. burning you kind of fucked you up, but also you 
have rebuilt way better. You have all of these things. And also I've set it up where you'll lose them all again. So I am your god? Yeah. Bow before me. And it works. And Michael prevents, like, Fee from killing him. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, Fee is real angry about it. Fee and Michael get into this big fight about whether or not they should have killed Anson and what they're going to do now. And, like, Sam has to stop them from arguing and tells them he's found a place in Tampa where Anson probably keeps more of the C4, like, specifically the same C4 that he framed Fiona with. So if they can find out that and uh, that it's there and, like, trace it to him, they can use that as evidence to exonerate Fee. Yeah, Burn Notice exists in a universe where, like, there's only one type of C4 per bomb maker. And yeah. so <laughs> it's like, it's so a, a bomb is the same as, like, fingerprints, which I think they've even said before. But I, I feel like it's starting to get to the point where I'm like, okay, are there really that many types of fucking C4 where every single right. bomb maker has a totally different brand? Like, are they proprietary C4 styles? Like, it doesn't sound right, but I don't know enough about C4 to dispute it. <laughs> Anyway, so Sam and Fee are going to take a look at this C4 warehouse while Michael goes because he has to work a job for Pierce. And the job is this. The CIA wants Michael to run an op with a CIA team for the first time since he got burned. Like, not just, like, running an op with his people, but, like, with CIA people. Mm -hmm. Specifically, the CIA wants, wants him to go after a guy named Reed Perkins, played by Eric Roberts. There's a lot of, like... Be action movie stars in this episode. Yeah, it's, um, it's we'll get an to the interesting rest. cast. <laughs> it's an interesting cast of this episode. But yes, so Eric Roberts, who is a spy recruiter, he recruits like people to spy on the U.S. Like so, like you'll find American citizens and flip on them, flip them so that they will spy on the U.S. for Middle Eastern governments. And the CIA wants to grab him because he's in Miami for a spy conference. <laughs> This I mean, fucking it's... spy con- this yearly spy conference that something always happens at. Like, they say this time to say it's like a security policy conference. It's a spy conference. I love the we spy conference. We all know what the spy conference. <laughs> yes, and, so, and I'm like, on the record as hating this. I know. I don't know why. I don't understand why you don't like the spy conference, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they wanna but they wanna catch him before he can get to the spy conference. Because once he's there, he's just going to start recruiting spies all over the place. Sure. And so Michael is taken to a shooting range, introduced to his new team, which includes Rebecca, played by former Terminator and frequent Uwe Boll collaborator, Kristana Loken. What's, who's Uwe Boll? Do you not remember Uwe Boll? I feel like we don't hear about him anymore. I feel like in the 2000s, people talked about Uwe Boll a lot. I, yeah, was, I don't know who this person is. He's the guy... Who's, like, made a bunch of really terrible movies. Like, he was kind of, like, the guy in a pre-The Room world where, whose name you would talk about when you would talk about bad movies. Like, hmm. I'm I'm blanking on a lot of them right now. He, I remember he made that movie Postal. Like, there was, like, an adaptation of the video game Postal. It was a lot of, like, bad video game adaptations hmm. that were just really bad. Kristana Logan's also someone who's in a lot of, like, asylum movies. You know, a lot of, like, mockbusters. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, asylums apparently, um, like, and got a whole fucking shit on their, their, their going through. Like, not yeah. paying people residuals and, like, being late on, like, paying out contracts and stuff. Yeah, asylums Oh, yeah, no, I'm sure they owe great. her money. Yeah, I'm sure they do. But, yeah, so that's, that's Rebecca. But yeah, and she was in, she was the Terminator in Terminator 3. That's 
her oh. big, her big claim to fame. Sure, to fame. And another guy is Ryan, who is played by former Superman and frequent asshole Dean Kane. Dean and then there's Kane also a third is in this guy, so we don't know. Yeah, there's another <laughs> there's like, third guy named like Luke. I don't remember I don't, his name. I no, never Luke is another his guy. Fucking name. No, yeah, but there like, is a third. He's guy. like a young. He looks fourteen. <laughs> yeah, he does. He, he looks, very looks young. like. He looks like he's like the star of Home Alone Six. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird, and it's also like kind of disappointing that we're introduced to these three people, and it sort of seems like we're going to be with them. Like they're introduced in a way that's like this isn't just for this episode. I think we're going to know these people for a while, and it's just a bunch of fucking white people again, and it's like, yeah. Guys, just a bunch of white people. Can it, especially like this third dude who's like not even a name. It's like, come yeah. On. Come I mean, like Dean Kane is one quarter Japanese. It's they look like everyone we've already seen. You know, Rebecca could be every other blonde woman that's ever been on Burn Notice. The fourteen-year-old yeah. Macaulay Culkin motherfucker could have been anyone. You know, exactly. it's like. Or notice you had an opportunity to diversify your cast to add more women because like there's a, the, the fact that only one of them is a woman. I'm like, okay, fine. And spoiler, and then, she turns out to be a bad guy. Right. So now we're just stuck with the two dudes, and it's like, well, that sucks. It does. It really sucks. And again, I can't stress enough how much Dean Kane is an asshole. Oh yeah, he's definitely a big asshole. But he's here, and he seems just to work with Michael, as per your notes. <laughs> I was watching this episode, and I texted Bree a screenshot from that one John Mulaney special where he goes, is that Dean Kane? <laughs> yeah, talking about like how when you're in, when you're watching like an, an, a Law and Order or something and like all of a sudden there's like a very famous person, you're like, oh, yeah. okay, so this is this is definitely the murderer. Got it. Well, so like not that famous because it's Dean Kane. Well, sure. But still more famous than this other boy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they're they're all CIA people, and they all seem jazzed to work with Michael. Like, there's no, like, sort of suspicion about him or anything. Everyone's like, yeah, no, you're great. You're Michael Weston. Fuck yeah. I've read all about you. So meanwhile, Sam and Fee stick out the abandoned warehouse building where Anson is probably hiding C4 and figure out through the electricity usage that someone is probably living there. So they decide the best place to break in and get that person, but the place is well fortified. And when Sam suggests blowing a wall, Fee, like thinking about last week and just, you know, the time when she blew up those people, says that she can do other things and tells him to get a truck. I actually kind of like this. I like that this has kind of become a thing where she's like a little bit more hesitant to blow stuff up, even though that's one of our rules. Yeah, I think it's an interesting character thing. I wish they leaned into it a little bit more than just this. But I I also, something else about this is that I really like that we're in the finale and like Anton's been like a real bug in our behind for this whole season. And I like that they have basically one lead. And if it doesn't go anywhere, if it doesn't work out, they're fucked. Because like usually by this point, they have a little bit more of a handle on it, you know, or like they have some way out. But like this is like... The chips are down. We have one option left. And I really like that because I like the, the the added tension of like, mm-hmm. they literally have, they've never gotten one over on him for longer than like five never. minutes of airtime. And I think that's so cool. I really appreciate how he has basically gotten to them so, like, so well. He's, his like, his web stretches so far. It really makes him feel, like, menacing. And it makes them feel, like, so much more interesting and heightened. Like, ah, oh, this is where I love the Burn Notice crew. 
I agree. No, I agree. Backs against the wall. You know, they just got to fight their way out. And I really like watching that. I do too. So Michael and his new team track Reed, a.k.a. Eric Roberts, as he lands in Miami and prepare to snatch him out of his car as he goes to the conference. But the timing gets thrown off by a car backing out in front of Ryan as he tries to stop Reed and like Ryan's car ends up crashing, but he's okay. But Reed is tipped off and he just fucking bolts. Yep, he Uh, bolts. Oh, really quickly, you didn't mention the part of this scene where Michael and Rebecca are sitting like at a table together, like because they're they're like the lookouts or something. mm -hmm. And Rebecca's like, are you going to be weird? Do you not like working with women or something? Because like Michael says something to her and she's like, do you not like working with women? And he's like, what? Who are you? It's like, yeah, I think he says like, I would be dead if I didn't work with women. Mm hmm. But it was like a very weird, as soon as she said that, I was like, oh, okay, she's the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I fully don't remember this episode, but I'm like, oh, she's a bad guy. Because then she does another thing. Like, there's another really weird, like, meaningful moment with her and Michael in a later scene where she's like, I'm really glad you're not a dick. You seem like a really nice guy. Thanks, Michael Weston. And he's like, you're you're welcome. Like, every time she just says something really bizarre to him. And he's like, okay. Yeah. And then she goes evil. It's like it's weird. Like, well, that's obvious. That's like. Great. They're giving her, they're, they're wanting to give her a lot of screen time so that the turn plays, but they don't want to tip us off. So she just has to like say stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but the problem is we don't get enough from the other two. So like, I don't, right. I think it could have been a little bit more effective if like we got to know all three of them. And like, we were like given the choice of liking any of them. And maybe like we were leaning towards like, oh, Rebecca's really fun. Maybe she's like another fee. Ooh, this will be interesting to see how she plays out. And then when she turns, I think it would have been a little bit more effective. Because yeah, like the other two, like fucking fully forgot about them. They're just like yeah. two dudes the- who were also there. <laughs> two dudes who are also there. Part of the problem is that like, we're having to set all of this up in this episode. Like a lot of stuff happens in this episode. And so, like, yeah, this I think is a maybe if episode. these characters had been introduced in a different episode, but, like, anyway. Yeah, so later, I, I agree. Later, Pierce tells Michael that the CIA is pissed because Reed is going to get to keep recruiting spies at the spy conference with doubled security. And Michael says that they can get him by posing as someone who Reed can rec- recruit. And that someone is Jesse, who goes to the spy conference under his great alias of Jesse Porter. Mm-hmm. And he goes to the spy conference and complains to anyone who can hear him that he can't find work. Later, he's approached at the bar by Reed, who takes him up to his suite to recruit him. And Jesse says that he'd only work for Reed if he could do it out of the country where the U.S. government can't get to him. And so, therefore, he'll have to take him out of the country, which means he'll have to be on a plane with him, which means that's where they can grab him. Yeah, there. I think, I think earlier it was established that, like, he... Yeah. This is local security. He didn't bring his own security to this place. Exactly. So as soon as he gets on an airplane again, he will be once again without security. So that seems like the ideal place to nab him now that their original plan went wrong. Exactly. Meanwhile, Fee uses a big rig to pull a wall off of Anson's warehouse. Just full on just yank a wall off. It's great. It's really good. Sam gets the jump on the caretaker named Luke. Luke is being blackmailed by Anson because he has sexual assault charges, so you know Fee loves this guy. Mm-hmm. Luke is scared shitless of Anson, but Sam and Fee promise that they're going to keep him safe and get him to the cop so he can flip on Anson. However, when Jake tries to take some of the C4 out who's, of Chris, the warehouse... Chris, who's, who's Jake? He's some guy. I, do you recognize the actor? I didn't recognize him. Well, no, but isn't his name Luke? Did I write? Oh, did I? Oh, here's the thing. Luke and Jake are the same name. (laughs) 
I was like, wait, is there another character that I didn't remember? Because this is definitely maybe the where other I fell character asleep. is. Maybe the other anonymous kid is named Jake, the Home Alone kid. I don't know. Doesn't matter. But here's the thing: if Luke and Jake are the same name, there's no difference. Anyway, so Luke tries to take out some of the explosives. It sets off trackers that are rigged to cause the whole place to blow up and taking out Luke and the evidence that could exonerate Fee. But it's okay that Luke Luke is dead because he's a sex offender. Mm-hmm. Or he has sexual assault charges. So, like, and he was, like, an asshole, too. He was also just kind of annoying. And, like, he does it to himself because, like, there's this little thing that's, like, like a, beeping. Like a keypad. Like a, like a keypad. And he's like, no, I can fix it. I can fix it. And, like, Sam and Fee are like, no, you should... We should, this sounds like a bomb's going to go off. And he, like an idiot, does not immediately go, yeah, a bomb is going off. Like, for someone who seemed so scared in the, like, five minutes ago, he's so willing to just be like, I got this. Yeah, it's, it's, his, his motivations seem unclear the entire time. Exactly. But yeah, but the evidence is gone. Oh, no. And this is when I'm like, really excited. Because I'm like, shit, that was their last play. What are they going to do? Like, I like when a burn notice episode sets it up where it's like, it's not just going to be a classic, like Michael will go in and pretend to be a buyer of some kind. It's like, how are they going to get around Anson? Exactly. They have tried so many tactics, and he is always ahead of them. But it doesn't feel like, you know, it doesn't feel weird. It doesn't feel like magic. Like, every mm-hmm. time something happens with Anson and he manages to get out ahead of them, like, it feels like it makes sense. Like, I don't question it. Yeah, it, it feels like, earned and it mm-hmm. feels logical. Earned, yes, 100%. And I really like that. And I, at this point in the episode, I'm like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen? Yeah. So Sam calls Michael to let him know that the place blew up right as Michael is about to meet Anson, who also, of course, knows that that warehouse blew up. And he tells Michael that because of this, it's clear he needs better staff than Jake Luke. And so he wants Michael to help him burn Pierce and his team by putting an SD card into Pierce's laptop, which will link them all to shady accounts and get them fired. Mm-hmm. This is going to be his first big recruiting effort. Is exactly. Michael for... is going to burn more spies, which I also really fucking like because one of I our do. favorite plot lines was Michael burning and then having to deal with the fallout of burning Jesse yeah. in season four. And I like that he's now being put into this position again. I think it's really thematic. I think that like, despite the fact that I'm annoyed that it's just management 2.0, I do like the way that they are introducing it and the way that they're forcing Michael's hand to be like, you know, instrumental in the creation of the thing that mm-hmm. according to him ruined his life. I I think that's very cool. I, I think, think that Anson really has him cool. exactly where he wants him and where we want him. I think this is an interesting conflict. And I like that I Michael agree. has to like make ethical calls that like maybe, you know, we he wouldn't he wouldn't usually be put in this situation. It's usually a pretty black and white like mm-hmm. I do good or I do bad, you know. I do good um but my life's a little harder or I do bad and my life's a little harder. It's like there's not really a good choice. And yes. I like that. I feel like in the past, the show has tried to set these kinds of things up, but is not good at doing it. They finally well, figured out we, how to do we, this. Well, it's by introducing the fucking antagonist before the last episode. Yes. That's a big thing, honestly. Like, with Jesse and with Anson, um, and with, who was it last season? Was Who else was it other than Jesse? I don't know. But, like, the, the last few seasons, they finally started introducing us to bad guys last, way It earlier. was Vaughn, remember? From the person oh, yeah, from Vaughn, the Vaughn, episode Vaughn, you're right. that we just watched you're, last week. 
<laughs> right, Vaughn. Vaughn and his mustache. Vaughn. Well, he didn't have a mustache mustache before. But yeah, but like I think they finally figured out that like in order for us to like give a shit about a, a villain, we have to have met them before. Yes. You know, there has to be a personal stake. It can't just be like Simon Escher appears and is And also he freak. has to be like competent. Exactly. And he can't just show up like once a week and tell Michael to hurry up. Yeah, he has to earn his competence little medal. Yes. And this and Anson fucking does. Anyways, I just wanted to say for the record I really like how this season ended. We had some rocky moments, but I'm I'm happy with right. this finale. Please continue. Uh, anyway, back at the loft, Michael is desperate to find a way to stop Anson, but Sam and Fee know that there are no other good options, like you were saying, and they can't let Pearson go get burned. And but Michael's like, maybe we do. Like, Michael's like really scared of losing fee and so he's like Mm -hmm. and he's like we have one more day just give me time just give me time just give me time meanwhile he still has to do this other thing which is great i like how he still has to go do this other job with like pierce and this read thing it really feels like like i feel like a lot of times when we're doing this on bernadus and like there's two plots it feels like there'll be a bit where they transition from one plot to another plot Like, you really feel this moment where he's like, oh, we have to go do this other thing now. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and and I also like that in this episode, they intersect a lot more and, like, they're actively, like, impeding on the other to be solved. Like, this is taking up time he could be using to end Anton or uh, Anson and, like, vice versa. Anson keeps taking him away of, like, his legitimate job that might earn him his reputation and life back. And I think that's neat. It is neat. So Michael and Jesse meet with Pierce to go over the plan for snatching Reed. And then Pierce says, if this goes well, Michael's future in the agency is looking bright. While Pierce has the CIA tie up the security at the airport, Michael and Rebecca repel into the hangar for some reason. Seems like well, it's a they, needlessly... <laughs> There's spy stuff. I actually, I like, I thought that was weird too, but I was like, yeah, but it's fun and spy-like. Because like, how else but are they going to sneak It's fun and spy-like. In? I don't question it. You know, because like, like otherwise weird. it would just be, we would watch them crouch and run in, which we've seen a million times. Exactly. Like, let the them repel, that, Chris. Just to be very clear, they were already on the ground. Like they had to climb up so they could climb down. Oh yeah, Dean, Dean Kane has a, a like grappling hook gun. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But yes, yeah, so they repel. A really down. loud grappling hook gun, by the way. Oh yes. That's but it's fine because the security are talking to cops, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> They're distracted. Um, so they repel into the hangar where Reed's plane sits and Rebecca plants a gun for Jesse to use later. That's the thing. That's all they're even doing right now. Yeah, they're just planting a gun. They're they're planting a gun. They're going through so much work to plant a gun. Anyway, so while they're planting the gun, we get another scene of Rebecca just reminding us that she's a character. This is the scene where she thanks Michael for not being a dick and says that it's good that he's back. It's good that he's back in the CIA. And the problem, yeah, exactly. But the problem with like making it fucking so obvious with Rebecca is also just that she's saying shit that implies that she has a character who like has a history of dealing with shitty male superiors, Mm -hmm. but we don't actually have time to get into that. So it's just like, hey, most men are dicks. Thanks for not being a dick, Michael Weston. And it's like, okay, this is a lot from a person I've never met before. And it becomes that thing too, where it's like, it's that thing that they do in stuff like this, like they do on Burn Notice a lot, where like they'll have a woman be like worried about sexism just so a male can say to her like, no, you don't have to worry about sexism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you saying this because I'm a woman? No, I'm saying this yeah. because you're, you know, insert noun here. Exactly. 
you worry too much about sexism. Yeah, if I have one complaint with this episode, it's that the women are written badly. Matt, yes. my friend, my buddy, my daddy, not good at writing women. <laughs> and like, it was sort of important for you to know how to write this one specific woman. Anyway, the CIA team waits at the airport for Reed and Jesse, while Pierce and Michael monitor the situation from a van. And Pierce asks how it feels to be back in the, sid- the saddle, and Michael says it's not like he remembers. Meanwhile, Sam and Fee go to talk to one of Sam's police buddies to see if he can help, and he can't, and Fee gets frustrated and says that they have enough on Anson in the loft to take him down, and drives off without Sam, who calls Michael and tells him that Fee is about to do something very Fee, and so Michael, like, who takes the call pretending to be talking to Madeline, mm-hmm. leaves the van in the middle of the op, and mm-hmm. promises a very upset Pierce that he'll be back before Reed gets on the plane. Like, he's going to be there in two hours. He's like, I'll be an hour. Mm-hmm. He's like, my mom has a medical emergency. I have to go. Yes. Um, so Michael meets Fee at the loft, and they have a very emotional conversation where Fee just wants to go to the FBI and turn herself in and explain everything. But Michael is certain that he will lose her if they do that, and he can't lose her. I really like... The way that Michael in this scene kind of gets to love Fee selfishly. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's what I'm great. talking about with like the gray areas. Like, there's not a good decision. And I love that his like that he chooses the side of love. He's like, yeah. I know my whole deal is that I'm an honorable guy, but there are no lines with you. I will protect yes. you before anyone else. And it's it's very it got me. It did. It's really good. He says he can't lose her, and then he hugs her tight, and then while doing so, he handcuffs her to a wall and leaves. It's like that weird, like, gate wall metal thing that's in the loft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a it's like a chain link fence almost. Yeah, but it's just like there is an accent or something. I don't know. But he, it's it's there so you can handcuff people to it. Exactly. I think they handcuff multiple people to it at this point. Yeah. But this time, yeah, Michael Michael hugs her, and when he comes out of the embrace, she is handcuffed, which I like. Mm-hmm. I like that, too. So Michael returns to the airport, but before he can get in the van, Anson calls and tells him that he's there, and he's watching Michael, and he tells him that after he burns Pierce, he'll finally look good for the CIA. He'll come out smelling like roses. And he also says like that he and Jesse will walk away from this scot-free, and... Everything will be fine. Anson will have a new team and Michael will have his job in the CIA. Michael gets in the van and Pierce is pissed, but not overly suspicious. Yeah, she's not and, pissed in a like, what are you up to way. She's yeah. <laughs> she's like pissed in a, this is very unprofessional way. Yes. And so Michael distracts her for a moment and then puts the memory card in her computer. Yeah. Like he does it. I and um, I love this because I, I the whole time I was thinking like there's got to be a way Michael's going to get around this he can't do this and then he fucking does and I'm like oh, yeah I like that we've like compromised Michael Weston we've ethically compromised Michael Weston for like a way that is earned like yeah. oh, this is so good this My, is such like a terrible show, situation like, for him to be in the show tries to do this like I feel like the show tries so hard to do this thing but it can never have let Michael not have a moral compass like. This is this is why it's important to have him care about Fee so much because like it becomes this thing of like he is motivated to do like bad things 
because he has a reason for doing it and it feels like, better in than his mind sort of... the worst thing like this exactly. is the worst thing that ever happened to michael in his mind although i think uh fucking anson is right like it did create a lot of opportunities that you know mm-hmm. wouldn't have been possible otherwise but like he is doing the worst thing not just to one person but like to multiple people who he exactly. like really respects and he's doing it and for also me. dean kane and also dean kane who happens to be there and the nobody I was so certain that the nobody kid was going to die. Yeah, he seems like perfectly poised to just die. Because like, he's not a name. Like, he's not as a big deal as the other two. He hasn't like been in an asylum movie or whatever. Yeah, it almost seems like he was a fully unnecessary character. Yeah, I don't know why he's there. I thought he was there to die, Mm -hmm. but apparently not. Although who knows, he may die later. Yeah, maybe we got time next season. Yeah, so he puts the thing in the computer and then as the op is about to go down, Michael notices something fishy about Rebecca's weapons and realizes what we've all realized, which is that Rebecca is a bad guy, and specifically she is a plant for Anson. And it turns out that Anson was planning on getting these people burned not just by making them look shady with the memory card, but by having them kill Jesse. Mm-hmm. They're going to so blow up a plane. They will blow up a plane that has Jesse and the bad guy on it. So Rebecca, like, escapes... And Michael gets on the radio and calls an audible. Pierce is very confused and pissed, but Ryan and the kid go with it. And there's a huge gun battle during which Michael poses as an airport security and gets Jesse and Reed to safety. And once he gets them safe, he tells Jesse to get Reed to Pierce and also to destroy her computer so that she doesn't get burned while he goes after Anson. And then we say goodbye to Eric Roberts, who was really wasted in this episode. Like, yeah. He, like, he is like the most famous person in this episode. And had the least to do. He had less to do it's than the, the fucking nameless kid that we Exactly. The one who's not Jake Luke. Or maybe he is. <laughs> who knows? I'll never know. I'll never look it up. <laughs> anyway, but uh, Michael goes after Anson. Michael rushes back to the loft to get Fee, only to find Sam handcuffed to the handcuff wall and (laughs) find out that Fee is gone to turn herself in. Mm -hmm. Sam apologizes and hands Michael a note from Fee. And so Michael rushes to the FBI just in time to see Fee surrender herself. And he reads the note and we hear the voiceover of the note while she gets, like, handcuffed and arrested and like fbi people swarm her and point guns at her because she is a very dangerous person yeah i would that that was something i wanted to talk about is like she's like hi i'm here to turn myself in and immediately like 20 people come out like holding guns at her and it's like this seems unnecessary but also at the same time i kind of buy it because fee is very dangerous i mean she's very dangerous but But yes like all these people show up it is a lot it does feel like overkill and then fee Fee in the voiceover in her note says that this was the only way for him to do the right thing and that she'll love him forever. But she's going away. I mean, well, so that's not necessarily exactly what the the letter says. The letter is about like, listen, it's very hard to love you. But one thing, like, even though like your job has made it really difficult for us, like I've always, what I've always loved about you, even before I knew that you were a real person and thought that you just had a really good Irish accent, I knew that you were a good man and you made choices for the right reasons. And me, like, staying free is preventing you from being the man I fell in love with. So, you know, part of loving a spy and watching them make a lot of sacrifices for the people they love is knowing that if you really do love them, you'll make the same kind of sacrifice someday for them. And that's what I'm Mm -hmm. doing. Everything's going to be fine. I'm like, this is a fucking good letters, Fee. This is really good. 
And it, it kind of encapsulates like our whole season of sort of turmoil for these two mm-hmm. in a lovely way. It's a really good letter. No, I like it. And it's it's a really ni- nice ending. I know. I could not believe that they ended on basically a shot of Fee being handcuffed and like dragged into the FBI. Yeah, it was great. It's like, it's such a personal thing. It's like, it's not like a big plot thing. No, no, it's very personal. It's it's not yeah. abstract. Like a I lot of these finales so are very much. abstract. Michael driving into a semi truck to go meet someone who burned him. Michael jumping out of a helicopter after telling the people who burned him to fuck off. What happens a big in season pull three? Pull back so we can see the Capitol building. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That one. Oh my yeah. god. I, I like. I really liked this. I think that like while we had a couple rocky moments in this season, I think they fucking stuck the landing. They did. I think they did I think really this, stick I think this was very effective. I enjoyed it. Ah, I did too. Let's talk about spy tips. I'm be up front. There weren't enough. Oh, uh-oh. Oh, no. Like, there's only three listed here, Chris. There's only three listed here. There were like seven total. There were seven total. Okay. And like four of them were nothing. Uh-oh. Well, let's, let's read them anyways. And there were some that were borderline, but there were not even enough that were borderline to make five. So I just like... Cut it down to the ones that were definitely that definitely felt like something to me. Okay. So let's well, just do them. And who knows? It. Even these might not be enough. We'll see. <laughs> Abandoned facilities are often used to cover up covert activity. Set up in a crumbling building covered in graffiti and no one takes much notice. There are ways of figuring out if a facility is truly abandoned, however. Like the power draw. If a building is using electricity, chances are someone's home. Yeah, I think this is useful. I think the first part, like, we've definitely had before, but the fact that, like, yeah. they, they notice surges in the electricity, not, like, big ones, but, like, I think some, like, they're at clear meal times. It's like, I think somebody's living there. I think they're using a microwave. Like, exactly. that's clever. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked it, it. I thought it was clever. I liked it. This is a long one. In a heavily populated and high-traffic environment, a covert op has to leave a small footprint and create as little disturbance as possible. An urban snatch-and-grab with a small team requires good intelligence that begins with identifying and tracking the target. It's not enough to know he'll be in town, you need to know where his flight arrives, what he's driving, every detail down to where he's going to make a left turn. Once your target is tracked, the next stop task is to stop his vehicle. In an urban environment, this is usually done with another vehicle and a precisely timed collision. Finally, you need a team in place to go in before the smoke clears and do the actual extraction. Do it right, and you're in and out before anyone has time to fire a shot. With some planning, you can stop a large vehicle with a much smaller one. It's a matter of calculating the physics involved in very precise timing. Unfortunately, when that timing is not precise, any obstacle whatsoever can cause a very large problem. So this is like a couple of tips in there. Yeah. If you can make an argument that this is three tips... Well, here's the thing. The problem is, you know, I could probably make an argument that it's three tips, but... We've heard all of this before. Like last week we had a, a how to stop a, like we've had like multiple yeah. how to stop a vehicle tips. We've had multiple like, hey, you need to know where your target is going so you can create a distraction along their route and know that like, you know, you, if you're doing it in an urban environment, like even last episode, there's like, hey, if you're going to do a heist in plain view, you know, you have some things working for you and some things working against you. You just need to hope that you can get in fast yeah. and get out clean. Like. All of this is stuff we've heard before and like nothing about the setup of this snatch and grab is, you know, materially distinct from anything we've ever seen before. Oh no, not at all. You're right. So So, not even this one. No, not even the super long one. one. Not even the super long one. 
Wow. So, okay, let's How go to the other mighty one. have fallen. <laughs> All right, number two. Number two, the second tip. The key to breaching a building is getting inside quickly and dealing with the occupants before they have time to respond. When you can't use explosives, sometimes you have to get creative. It can, if you can find utility equipment that is built into the wall, you just need a couple of thousand pounds of torque to make yourself a door. Yeah, this was good. I like this. Yeah. So and I like how tips. it thematically built into sort of Fee's arc of like, yeah. maybe maybe don't explode all the time. Right. So you have two tips. Two. Yikes. Matt. It's Daddy. the finale. Yeah, it is the finale. So there's not two practical spy tips. Was the um, case of the week such as it was solved as spycraft over violence? Yeah, I think Or was so. it just violence? Was... Mm, I don't think it was just violence. I think there was a lot of spycraft. I yeah. think it was a lot of failed spycraft, but like there was mm-hmm. spycraft. Yeah. And he got to repel and he got to like use intel to figure out that Rebecca is dirty, um, even though he mm-hmm. could have just listened to the weird words she was saying to him and think... Something's up with this chick. Yeah, I think there was plenty of spycraft. It was definitely more action movie-y, which the finales mm-hmm. and the premieres often are. But, like, I still think there was enough spy flavor to count for this tip. Or for this tenant. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll take that. There were no aliases in this episode, I don't think. Not even, nope, like, someone not else. not a single alias. And were at least two supporting characters used well. Fee did not get to blow something up. Well, but, I, but she still got to, but like, use a very big truck... To, like, blow a hole in a wall. And I think that the reason why she didn't blow something up, but she still got to be, like, very destructive, I think Mm -hmm. that I would count that. I also think that the the finale, even though she wasn't a co-protagonist, I think the very, very end of this episode justifies Fee being used well. I think, yeah. I think, like, like she she drives the plot in a major way. Uh And so I think so, too. Cool. So yeah, Fee was definitely used well. Did Sam get to be peak Bruce Campbell? Again, Not I don't know really. if Sam did much in this episode. No, he really didn't. He, he, got, he went with... He got handcuffed. He, yeah, well, he went to see Jake Luke. But not in a sexy um, way. No, exactly. I did like that, like, we see him, like, we come, we, Michael emerges, like, expecting to see Fee handcuffed, but it's Sam with, like, you know, a big welt on his head because Fee walloped him and got the better of him. I like to imagine that, but we didn't get to see that. So, yeah, I don't think so. I think in favor of Jesse having a lot more screen time recently, Sam has lost some. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Jesse, is he a distinct addition rather than a redundancy? I think so because he had to be himself. True. Because like, and like he has this... to be. Yeah. Yeah. Because like Michael Weston couldn't have done this because at this point, Michael Weston is almost too infamous. Like in some mm-hmm. ways he has kind of, he can't really be an operative on the world stage that he was, which is why they keep putting him in like managerial positions, which I really like. I think it's fun that like his infamy like precedes him in a way that like actually makes him worse at his job. Um, and so now he it's needs really Jesse. So I think Jesse's a distinct addition. Mm-hmm. I agree. And Madeline is not here this week. But it was, it was a uh, fee and Jesse. So that's good. But yeah. uh, unfortunately that's only two out of four. That is only two out of four. That's not a great episode of burn notice. Were there any yogurts um, by the way? I don't think there were, but I don't, there were no yogurts. So it's not a great episode of burn notice. Was it a great episode of television? I am more inclined to say that it is a great episode of television. My hesitation is that I don't think the spy team was handled interestingly. Yeah. Like, I like that. I like what it's set up, which is we meet these, like, you know, fresh-faced operatives that Michael has to, like, betray 
on like a fundamental level to him. I think that's interesting. I think the tension that they bring to it is interesting, but like all of the interesting stuff about them happens in scenes where they're not there. Yeah, <laughs> and I, like and the I, idea of them is interesting, but they're not interesting. Yeah, like, they're really not. They're not bringing anything. Like is, we, we don't hear from either of the guys. We just hear Rebecca say some weird shit and then she turns on them. Yeah, and also like the actual op is kind of boring. Yeah, he puts a, a, an SD card into a laptop. No, no, I mean, the, not that. That was interesting. I mean, the actual, the Eric Roberts. Uh, 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 the spy recruiter. Yeah. All, like, the actual, like, spy job that they're doing is kind of boring. I didn't like, mind yeah, that Eric as much Roberts because it does wasted. seem to establish what Michael has always maintained about the CIA, which is it's mostly waiting around. <laughs> yeah. Like, if something goes bad, you just have to wait around more in a different way. And, like, I, I like that they pivoted to Jesse. I like Jesse's little arc in it. Eric Roberts was definitely mm-hmm. underutilized, but, like, the scenes he was in were fun. You know, I thought that mm-hmm. the setup was good. But, yeah, I think that, like, it, and, you know, obviously the, the Fee stuff, every scene that Fee was in was great because she is, mm-hmm. like, so you know important she's such a linchpin of the entire events of this season and this episode in particular i thought that was really wonderfully done but i think that it kind of hinges on this new spy team which i think we're setting up for season six i think season six he is in charge of this team and like that's what season six is going to be about and the fact that their introduction was such a like want want yeah <laughs> that i think that it that's what does it and like again i really enjoyed this episode there was it's, such good tension building you know what's sort there, of interesting I feel like this episode would have been better if more emphasis was placed on the fact that he was burning Pierce. That's a good point. Yeah, because Pierce, like, we do know. We have a relationship with. She has a heartbreaking yeah. backstory. We could have done something with that. Like, I think he could have even had a team because part of the thing that they're doing this season is putting him in charge of teams more. Mm-hmm. But, like, spitting, like, if it had been less about burning the team and specifically about burning Pierce, like, it kind of gets, like, the badness of the thing, the betrayal, gets kind of diffused by all these extra characters. Whereas if it was just about betraying Pierce, yeah, like, I think it would actually probably point. land more. I also think that something you said, I think last episode, or no, I think you said it this episode, it makes sense, a, a lot of sense to me, which is that like, we could have been introduced to these characters last episode or yeah. earlier in the season. And it maybe wasn't even introduced to them like as Michael's potential team, but like had we been introduced to them via some mm-hmm. other means, that would have also helped a lot because then we would have had some place to start with them instead of like introducing them, giving them no dialogue except for the one that eventually betrays us. Like that's, it's not great. Like they, they, they could have done a little bit more to seed this and then done a little bit more to like give us something. Cause like the problem was if this was a Michael Horowitz script in the introduction, I think the introduction would have been fine because I think like they all would have like established mm-hmm. their character very quickly. Like they would have had a one liner, you know, they would have had a way of like holding yeah. themselves. They would have had their a, introductions a fun- are all so generic. Exactly. They're just stand-ins for, isn't it rough that he's betraying these people? And it's like, I mean, yeah. yes. And we like that. We really do. But there's nothing about them. It's not everything else in this episode is so personal. So that totally to your point to like depersonalize the Pierce part of it and to completely depersonalize these brand new characters, these fresh face kids who's and also Dean Cain, who he's going to betray. Like it, it, it falls flat when it had so it had every potential to not fall flat. That's a good 
That's a good question. How old do you think they think Dean Cain is supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know how old they think Dean Cain is supposed to be. I think he's kind of Michael's age. But like they are very much like all of them are kind of presented as like they're fangirls and boys of Michael Weston. Yeah. You know, they look up to him. And I like that. I do like that that is the conceit where it's like Michael has to betray these like these nice kids and Dean Cain. And also Pierce, think- we've come to learn. <laughs> it's wild. No. Dean Kane could be the other dude's dad. Yeah, he definitely could. It's very, it is like as I'm thinking about it, it's weirder and weirder that Dean Kane is here. Yeah, and also this child, like it's literally like it could be, <laughs> they could be father and the thing is, this feels like an action. This feels like a family. Dean, <laughs> like his the daughter, mom, the dad, son. and the son. I don't know if she's mom. I think she's young enough that she's she's, she's like the older daughter, and the son was like she could be the older the daughter. Accident. But she's like. It could go either way. Yeah, I don't. She doesn't look quite old enough to be. I think like she's like the. Step-mom. She doesn't look old enough to be his mom. Yeah, that could be his stepmom. But, yeah, it could be stepmom. <laughs> well, regardless, yeah, I think I think we we are firmly firmly stating that this was not a great episode of television, but it God just like last episode, so it was close. so close. It was just like one I, of the plot lines wasn't interesting mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. I was going to see if you were going to make a case for it. I could have gone either way on it being great. And I could have too. But as we talked through it, I was like, there's just a couple too many misses with Mm -hmm. a fairly vital piece of this episode. Again, I want to make it clear. I really did like this episode. I like, despite falling asleep during it, when I rewatched it today, I really enjoyed it. I probably did, but also I didn't have to recap it and I was asleep. Um, But like, I really did like it. I thought I, and I, the things similar to last episode, the things that it does and sets up, I am all in favor for. And once again, this is a burn notice finale that makes me genuinely excited to see how they deal with it in coming seasons. Mm -hmm. That is an effective season finale because it makes me excited for next season, you know? And like sometimes when we get into the the weeds of burn notice in the middle of the season, it can be like, oh God, I have to watch fucking burn notice again. But Mm. once again, I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm excited to see how they deal with Fee. I'm excited to see how Anson still being out there and like very much still having all of the cards or at least most of his cards, like how that kind of breaks down. I mean, like Pierce is definitely still going to be in it. His main cards. It's true. And and like that He's definitely changes the power the dynamics. Hole. But like Michael also lost a pretty vital ace in the hole, which is having mm-hmm. Fiona on hand to do cool stuff. So like I think it was sort of mutually assured destruction in some ways um, mm-hmm. that Fee like blew up herself in order to like mutually assured destruction for both of them. But like she has every faith that Michael will figure it out. And I like that. I like it a lot. I think that there's a lot of cool stuff here and I am excited for the future. Also, really quickly, the end, at the very end, did you think for a second that like it wasn't going to be Fee? Oh, no, I knew it was going to be Fee. I thought that she might like come back to Michael. I, I knew it was going to be too late by that point, but I thought yeah. maybe they'd have like a moment and she would be like ripped away from him potentially. Mm-hmm. But no, I thought it was, I knew it was Fee. Like, because they, because they, there's this whole scene at the end where like he's like running to get to Fee and it's like, no, no. And like Fee is like screaming her name and she's like walking up the steps of the FBI. But like she never turns around for a long time. And, like, he's screaming her name, like, a lot. But I thought it was going to be one of those things where it's, like, not Fee. It's just a woman who looks yeah. like me. And it well, was it's actually not BBC Sherlock. It's definitely Fee. Um, yeah. That would have been an interesting twist. But I also don't mind the way that this went down. No, no. I think the thing that they actually did was better. They did make it weird that we held on, like, 
we did this for so long. It feels a little padded. <laughs> a little bit. You know, we could have used some of that padding to flesh out Dean Kane and his son's uh, mm-hmm. relationship. Yeah. His son, Jake Luke. His <laughs> son, Jake Luke? <laughs> Question mark? Jake Luke and Luke Jake. <laughs> All uh, right. Okay. Well, so well, we should that... do our... No, 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 no. Chris, this is the season finale. We got to talk right. about the season. season finale. You dingus, you worm. So uh, to recap our stats for the the season, there were 15 episodes of television. No more, no less. There were three great episodes of television, and there were 12 great episodes of Burn Notice. And interestingly, two of the great episodes of television were not great episodes of Burn Notice. So in this case, mm-hmm. the ratio of great episodes of television this season swung in the direction of making it not a great episode of Burn Notice in service of being a great episode of television. So, um, Which kind of makes sense. That, that ratio is more of, pronounced than it usually is. Like, usually it, it swings more evenly. It does kind of evenly. feel this season like they tried more to change the DNA of what Burn Notice was. They did. You know I mean? Well, it's a lot more, it's a lot more dramatic. It's, it's a lot more tense. The stakes are a lot, a lot more, more personal. Like, and, and it's I, a lot I, more, like, CIA-heavy. It's sure, a lot yeah, more like he's, he's back in the almost good yeah. graces of the agency. Just like very different kinds of plots. Yeah. Oh, and there were 15 yogurts this season. So actually more yogurts than last season, Ooh. but still fewer yogurts than there were episodes. So not great. Mm, gotta get those yogurt numbers up. This is also the last season that Lisa Joy is on. Oh. Because I, I went through and I, I wrote down the, the writers for the rest of them because it's easier for my notes keeping. There is a new girl next season. Her name is um, Bridget Tyler. So she writes a couple Ooh. of episodes for the last two seasons. Um, so to yeah, they, the they traded woman. out. Yeah, they, they still, they traded out their one woman. First it was Mir Smith. only have one woman then, on the right. Then it was staff. Lisa Joy. I think actually, no, they took a season off and there were no women in it. Yeah. So season two, there were no women. And then... Season three through five is Lisa Joy, and then season six it's and seven. Funny, but season Bridget two Tyler. was also the season they really bungled Carla, huh? 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 Just interesting how that works. So yeah, so we we only have two seasons left. Six. Oh, six wow, season six has thought. eighteen episodes. Season seven has thirteen. So it'll probably we'll probably be done certainly by this time next year. Oh yeah, unless we take a really really long break. But yeah. So how are how are you feeling about Burn Notice, about this season, about this podcast? I think it was interesting because I felt like, like I said, I think this felt like a very transition-y season. Mm-hmm. And it very much was. Like, he's almost back in the CIA, but not quite. And then I think next season, he'll still be dealing with his extra CIA shit, but yeah. will be very much within the CIA again. It almost felt like kind of, like... Buffy season four a little it felt like a college season yeah I think we actually even use that as a metaphor before but it does it kind of feels like a college season where we have to reestablish ourselves in this new environment and with these new relationships although I think it was better than a college season like it it definitely had its foibles but like we loved Anson we thought he was great we really enjoyed the episodes even that weren't great episodes of television like the last two episodes we genuinely enjoyed I think the last four episodes we really enjoyed but like there was just like our, our the you know we we gotta have standards our standards are a little higher because mm-hmm. like they've raised the bar to the point where like great you know needs exactly. to work a little more but yeah i, I but no i'd like to again i i am on record it's really liking anson I'm liking how personal this all is 
Um, totally. They've learned how to make it these last two seasons. They've learned how to make the stakes feel personal, which was not a thing that they were able to do before. I mean, um, they could have. They just chose not to. Like, I, I think that yeah. like one or two episodes would like of tweaking for previous seasons, big bads could have done mm-hmm. a lot to personalize them. Yes. But it does feel like, yeah, it feels like a conscious choice. I don't know that it's like them learning how to do it or if them changing priorities or. Yeah. But like, so, yeah, feels confident. It feels confident. And I'm, I, I genuinely am excited to see what they do with the last two seasons. You know, I think I'm not it, I, sad it's over <laughs> or almost over, but I'm not happy yeah, either. I, it is good. It is very convenient. I think for me that this show is getting better like the longer that it goes because the more time I have to spend with it, it's like <laughs> the counteract, like the counteract the fact that I'm doing this podcast. Yeah. Cause you could be getting like increasingly frustrated, but instead we're increasingly yeah. intrigued. Exactly. Um, so really quickly, uh, just to do some housekeeping since we're going into another break, which will probably be a little longer because I will be moving to Los Angeles. Chris will be in, uh, Texas. I will be, you know, settling into my new life. But we, we might be a, on a little bit of a longer break, but of course we're going to have some bonus episodes for you. So, uh, first we're going to keep doing our, our Matt Nick's watch along, which is we will be watching the pilots for APB and complications and APB actually, I know one of the writers on it. I don't think that he will join us. I think that that will hurt his professional career, but I'll ask perhaps. But anyone else who has an interesting bonus episode idea that we could do in between seasons five and six, as always, you can get in touch uh, via email or Twitter. So um, we we are literally running out of ideas. I think this is the last season where we have um, episodes of Matt Nix's other shows to watch. So we are like fully out of ideas for between. I mean, I think we've talked about maybe doing other Jeffrey Donovan stuff. I guess we could watch other Jeffrey Donovan stuff. I, I think, think he's mostly yeah, in I movies. Think... So I don't think he did a lot of other TV. Like right. that was him, like his show. Like he has been yeah. in movies. I don't know if that's enough. But yeah, so we're kind of at the end of our like what was directly that movie related. That he played like a killer or something. I feel like he was in a movie recently. He was a serial killer, and then he was also like a former president at one point. Hmm. He's boy's got range. You can Despite paint whatever face you want him. on that bathroom sign of a man. Yep. He's like a paper doll. He is like a paper doll. <laughs> But yeah, so tell, bring us ideas. We want to hear from you. And other than that, Chris, please take us out. Oh, yeah. Other than that, wait, and we'll let you know when the bonus episodes are coming out. And un- until then, thank you to Vincent E.L. for our theme music. You can find more from them at vincentel.bandcamp.com. And until then, for a little while, bye. Maybe instead of a bonus episode of a podcast, we will release the audio of Chris and I doing like a Bob Ross style painting tutorial, but like in some sort of unhinged burn notice way. Maybe we'll paint Michael Weston. You never know. We did paint. It would not be the first time we live streamed us painting. Yeah, I, I'm just saying maybe we could do a burn notice painting night for everyone. If anybody would be interested in that, send us an email and maybe we'll do it. We'll be in the same state, uh, the same city very, very soon. Mm -hmm. So we can do a lot more dumbass shenanigans for you. Anyways, bye. Bye. (laughs)